Oh, man. In the West, when we see portrayals of God in our art, it's typically the old man with the big white beard. I've heard so many sermons on Father's Day about how God is our father. I had very rarely heard sermons on Mother's Day about God as our mother. Ariana Grande came out with a song last year called God is a Woman. Some loved it, some hated it. Um, a few years before that, The Shack came out. Have you all seen The Shack? The book came out years ago, and they made a movie a couple years ago. But the movie and the book portray God as a black woman. And this kind of caused some uproar in the Christian world. This is the pastor of a church in California. He said, The Shack's pretentious caricature of God is a heavyset, cushy, non judgmental African American woman called Papa. And his depiction of the Holy Spirit as a frail Asian woman with the Hindu name Sarayu lends itself to a dangerous and false image of God and idolatry. Was it weird for anyone to sing that song, Good, Good Mother? Or did it feel okay? First time I sung a song that was supposed to be father and it went to mother, I felt really weird. Because I had had 30 years of conditioning that God is father only. God is a man. It's kind of strange the first time. Biblical scholar Marcus Borg argues that when God is depicted solely as male, it's often tied to patriarchy. That our images of God in the Bible are often metaphorical images that reflect our society. So if the society of the biblical people was that a patriarchal world where man is in charge, and that's the image that they are going to give of God. But when we look at the biblical accounts of God, it's not just male images that we see. Jesus says, Matthew, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings. In the Old Testament, Job is, or God is questioning Job, and he says, where were you when the sea burst forth from the womb? When I made the cloud its, its garment, the dense clouds its wrap, from whose belly does ice come? Who gave birth to heavens and frost? Whose womb is God talking about? It wasn't Job's. Most biblical scholars say that God is talking about himself, or according to this passage, herself. Deuteronomy 32, you ignored the rock who gave you birth. You forgot the God who gave birth to you. Isaiah, for a long time I've held my peace. I've kept still and restrained. Now I will cry out like a woman in labor. I will gasp and pan. And as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Can a mother forget the infant at her breast? Walk away from the baby she bore, even if mothers forget. I never forget you, never. God compares himself to a woman and her child. It's a common Christian view to refer to God as uh, three separate beings that are somehow mysteriously combined into one. Father, Son, and Spirit. That word for spirit refers to the very life force of God, the presence of God. And when that word is used in the Old Testament, it's called ruach. And that word is typically a feminine word to refer to the Spirit of God. The earliest evidence of this word used is in Genesis 1, where it says, Before all of creation, the Spirit of God was over the waters, the chaotic waters. 
the very beginning of creation. The presence of God that starts the creation process is feminine. Ruach, feminine Hebrew word. That understanding of God's spirit in the New Testament is a word called pneuma. And that word has no gender. It's genderless. It's not male or it's not female. In Christianity, uh, the concept of wisdom is understood to be logic and reason. And wisdom is, is a divine thing. It's something that comes from God and the part of God. This divine wisdom. And it pictures this wisdom as being a part of the creation process and a part of who God is. And it says that it was there before the world even began. And Proverbs talks about wisdom in this way. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way where the path meets, she takes her stand. This aspect of who God is, wisdom, that was there before creation. God's reason and logic is feminine. A woman. John The writer of John's gospel takes this even further and he applies this uh, concept of wisdom to refer to Jesus. In the beginning was the word. That word is the concept of wisdom in Greek. And the word was with God. The wisdom was God. The word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the word, the wisdom. And without the word or wisdom, nothing came into being. And what came into being through the word was life. And the light was the light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. The word became flesh. The wisdom, the woman of wisdom became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory, glory like that, and the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Wisdom embodied is the person of Jesus, John is saying. There's a guy, an early church father by the name of John Chrysostom. He lived from 349 to about 407. Right when the time when uh, Christianity became tied to um, Constantine, the Roman Empire. And he was famous for calling out religious and political leaders on how wealthy they are and how they refuse to give their wealth to the poor. And because the church was so tied to uh, the Roman Empire and wealth at that time, the church leaders weren't a big fan of John saying, you need to get rid of your wealth and you give it to the poor. So they exiled him. He he died in exile. But one of his sermons that he gave was this. I am a father for you. He's talking about Jesus Christ. I I am a father for you and a brother, a bridegroom and a home, a nurse and a dress, a root and a cornerstone. Whatever you want, I am for you. I am a friend and a member and a head and a brother and a sister and a mother. I am everything for you. Only be in contact with me. Christ is whatever we need him to be. Christ is our father, our mother, our brother, and our sister. Julian of Norwich was church leader in the Middle Ages from uh, 1342 to early 1400s. She wrote a book that is the oldest surviving book in the English language that was written by a woman. That's uh, called The Revelations of Divine Love. And she has her feast day, which is when people remember her and celebrate her, on May 8th, always around Mother's Day. She says, As truly as God is our Father, so truly is God our Mother. If a man is made in God's image, so is a woman. God created humanity in God's own image. Male and female, 
God created them. The danger with seeing God as just Father is that we tend, gosh, to apply the status of our fathers as being closer to God. If God is Father, then our fathers must be closer to God, to be like God than our mothers. That's not, that's not healthy. It's not good. It's dangerous. Catechism is a book of beliefs of the Catholic Church. And even in the Catechism, which was, came out in the early 90s, says God transcends the human distinction between the sexes. He is neither man nor woman. He is God. All of these labels that we give to God are ways of us trying to understand him. But can we just be honest? The Catholic Church is saying God is beyond any words that we give him, any language. What? I think they forgot about that one. Yeah. I, God is beyond. Yeah, we don't, they don't, we don't always follow that, do we? In the church world. God is bigger than what our language and our metaphors can portray. This is not a unique idea in the Christian church. And as we saw from those early church fathers, it's not a new idea that God is, contains both gender and sex, but is also so far beyond gender and sex. Why do we do that? We love to um, give things uh, our own personality. If we give title of father or mother um, to God, it's, it's almost as if it helps us connect better to who God is because it helps us relate. We do this with dogs all the time. We put dogs in human clothes. We love to, to put our own personalities in things that aren't necessarily human. And it's adorable, isn't it? The challenge with identifying God as father or mother is that when we compare God to our own father and mother, it's scary because no parent is perfect. If you've been in a relationship with a mother or father that was hurtful, negative, abusive, God, if God's a mother or a father or a parent, I don't want anything to do with that God. No parent, no parent is perfect. I told my eight-year-old, yeah, go ahead and catch a squirrel, thinking he would never be fast enough. And he came home with two squirrels and one bit him. <laughs> Riding home, blasting gangster rap, I look back at my four-year-old and she's praying. More often, it's the kids who make mistakes, whether it's our little kids or us grown-up big kids. Whether it's the kids who get out the markers or cut their siblings' hair. or um, there's, Then there's Leo. Leo is a two-year-old who knows how to work a paper shredder. Yeah, you know where this is going. He had been helping his parents shred some papers, some junk papers. So he thought he would help when he found a wad of cash. No! <laughs> so me and my wife have been saving up to pay for our Utah football tickets in cash. We pulled our money out yesterday to pay my mom for the season. We couldn't find the envelope until my wife checked the shredder. Yep, two-year-old shredded $1,060. Mom said, she cried at first, but then she laughed. She said, as devastated and as sick as we were, this was one of those moments where you just have to laugh. She said, the silver lining, this will make a great wedding story one day. 
the Department of Treasury actually has a department that deals just with people who accidentally rip up their money. So apparently they did get their money back from the Treasury. Sometimes we make mistakes we don't even realize we're doing, but God is the kind of parent that helps us learn and grow and sometimes just laughs with us because we don't know any better. God is a parent who helps clean up the messes we make. Julie was a mom who was working on her PhD at Regent University. And she said she was trying to read her Bible, but was interrupted by um, it's a religious college. She was getting her PhD in religious studies. Trying to read her Bible, she'd get interrupted by her kids a thousand times a day. Kids needing to be fed and changed, read to. And one of the faculty at Regent University was Eugene Peterson. Eugene Peterson translated the Bible into a version called The Message about 30 years ago. He is an expert in um, Greek and Hebrew language, and he's a writer and a pastor and author. And she asked Eugene Peterson to give her some kind of spiritual discipline, some kind of rope that she can hold on to that will pull her out of this pit of just chaos and not being able to get anything done and being distracted by the kids. She couldn't keep her head above water. So she said, Eugene, what spiritual discipline can I do to help me keep my head above water? She said, well, Julie, is there anything you're doing already that's in a disciplined manner? And she said, I thought about my newborn daughter, Iona, and the hours that I spent nailed to our couch feeding her. She had reflux, and most of what went into her immediately came up again, which meant I had to repeat the feed all over again. The hours and hours she spent just trying to get food down her daughter. She said, nursing Iona was the only thing I could count on. She makes sure of that. And Eugene patted her hand and said, Julie, that is your spiritual discipline. Now start paying attention to what you are already doing. Be present. There is no magic spiritual thing in prayer that you can do that's going to pull your head above water. What you're doing, the chaos of taking care of the kids, of, of nurturing, of feeding, of providing, all of those chaotic moments... Those are your spiritual disciplines. Those are spiritual acts of worship. Comforting, providing for, protecting, nourishing. Those are divine things. And they come from the heart of God as a mother. And we are all capable of those things. It's in all of us. The ability to protect and nurture and comfort. Every time, whether you're playing with a kid you're playing with trains with Ethan. That is a spiritual act of worship. That is divine. That is sacred. Every time you are comfort, comforting someone, a friend who is hurting, it's a spiritual act of worship. You feel like you're just overwhelmed. You don't have time to get anything done. You can't keep your head above water. Those things that you're doing, providing for, taking care of. Those are spiritual acts of worship. Those are reflections of God in you, of God's life and spirit in you. Much of the world worships God as almighty, big, powerful, all-powerful God. Power, power rules in our world. We picture God as um, 
You know, if God is all powerful, he's going to look like Thor in the Avengers, right? Which one? Yeah. <laughs> which Thor or which Avengers? Whichever one you like the best. <laughs> I haven't seen the newest one. I'm, I'm really behind. No spoilers, please. God is all powerful. We love worshiping a powerful God. Debbie Blue is a pastor at House of Mercy. She says that many theologians would argue that Jesus reveals God's essential being not as power, but love. Like the hen with her wings over her chicks. There is some fragility in this picture. But perhaps images of a vulnerable God are important if we hope to have a world that is not overrun by bullies and corporate kings. Amen, Debbie. Vulnerability is power. So maybe we need to see God not just as Father who is strong. We need to see God sometimes as a mother. We need to see God's character of protecting, of nurturing, of comforting. That is who God is. And those elements, those character qualities are in all of us. God is beyond any sex or gender. A heart of God is a heart of love. Love is vulnerable. And love is so much more powerful than Thor from the Avengers. Maybe we need to see God as a good, good mother. And so when Jesus was in the upper room with his followers, speaking of one who gives Christ gave of himself and he took the bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. He took the wine and he poured it out and said, this is my blood poured out for you. This was a totally unique image of who God is. A God who doesn't require you to do all of these things to get close to him. This was a God who says, no, here is all of me, my body, my blood, my spirit, my life, and I'm breaking it for you. I'm giving it. To you. And because I may either have allergies or maybe something different, I'm not going to serve communion. So, do I have two people who can help us with communion? And some of you are able to do that. And because it's Mother's Day, we have not just bread and juice, but adorable little sand dollar pancakes. It's syrup. So, Take your pick. Do you want like, both the up here? Okay. Yeah, maybe I, you can do like the tradition. Oh, here, here, here. You, here. You, you can do the pancakes. All right, I appreciate it. All right, who's doing the wine? Sacrilegious, not do bread. Oh, we're, we're doing this and this. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Okay. There can be like a. Was, this is the blood. This is oh, my God. Okay. All right. You know what we'll do? Actually, we'll do we'll do pancakes and syrup first, and then if anybody wants the bread and wine or can't have, because I think there's like milk in the pancakes. Oh, also, do we have the mochi for people who are gluten-free? Do we have that in there? Oh, I don't know. Oh, man, we got we to gotta keep up with that. I know it's only, it's, it's only your second week. we got to have the mochi. There's gluten-free <laughs> people. It's okay. Are these vegan? Okay. These, I don't think. These, these got milk, yeah? I don't know. They might have water. Oh, but you guys can have the bread. All right, cool. All right. Dope. Excellent. Really good. Do you want to, like, do you want to pick that or something? Yeah. All right, cool. All right, dope. Cool. Yeah. 
Tyler, did you get flowers? Hey, Ethan, you want to come help me with something up here? <laughs> Probably a little scary. giving out flowers to moms because within each of us carries the character traits of God, the motherly God, to nurture, to comfort, to provide, to protect those who need comforting, those who need protection. But the ones who are actual mothers are extra special today. <laughs> Whenever we come in contact with anyone in our lives in need of comforting, protection, needing of help, in need of uh, to be provided for, may we step up and be their comfort and protection. May we step up to nurture, to heal, to love. And remind us that as we do that, it is the very life presence and power of God that is living through us. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>